Welcome to the Bank Leader Link podcast, sponsored by BOK Financial Institutions Group. The team at BOK, based in Milwaukee, is comprised of experienced bankers who have focused their entire careers on servicing community banks in the Midwest. BOK Financial Institutions Group provides services created over several decades to meet the evolving needs of your community bank. With BOK, Financial institutions are not just getting one skilled, experienced investment professional. Rather, they are getting the benefit of a whole team of professionals who have a proven track record so you can be confident in the service and advice you receive. BOK offers solutions that result in long-term partnerships. They are a great partner with the IBA and with many banks. Look for the BOK team at the next IBA event you attend or reach out to BOK Financial Institutions Group at 866-440-6515 to start a conversation. Now it's my pleasure to introduce the host of the Bank Leader Link podcast, Randy Holkgren, President and CEO of the Illinois Bankers Association. Listen to industry experts share the critical links you've been missing to prepare yourself for the future of banking. Hello, everyone. This is Randy Holtgren. It is my great privilege to be president and CEO of the Illinois Bankers Association and also have the honor of being host of Bank Leader Link podcast. And we love this podcast, wanting to get information out to bankers throughout Illinois and across the country of important things happening in the banking industry and feel like this is a great tool to communicate with our bankers. And one of my favorite things is to have awesome members of the Illinois Bankers Association team who are serving bankers across Illinois to be able to join on the podcast. And that is what I'm really excited about today is to have Carolyn Satani. Carolyn is our general counsel at the Illinois Bankers Association, and she is also executive vice president of the Illinois Bankers Association. Does just fantastic work serving our bankers by leading our legal team and so much more, responding to questions, helping with compliance issues. We'll talk quite a bit today about helping us with comment letters, but also over quite a few years, we'll talk about it some more, but has been just a wonderful resource for bankers. And I call myself a recovering lawyer, not being in the practice any longer, but I know how important it is to have some of the best and brightest banking attorneys on staff at the Illinois Bankers Association, and Carolyn leads that team. So Carolyn, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. Thanks for having me. Tell me a little bit more just about yourself, where you went to school, how long you've been with the IBA, and just a little bit more about your team. Sure. So I'm coming up on my 12th year with the IBA. That's awesome. And those years represent really the lion's share of my legal career. So I went to Chicago Tech College of Law here in Chicago. Me too, and, by the way. We uh, we oh talk, uh, we forget that, but we're okay. both, you're, you're like a distinguished alumni. I'm one that they try and forget about, but just kidding. Uh, and many wonderful alumni, of course. There are. During law school and for a short time after I graduated, I worked for a small law firm that serves small and medium-sized businesses including some trade associations like the IBA. And then I was lucky enough to land a job with the IBA law department in 2011, working with the longtime general counsel, Bruce J. Baker. Yes. And then uh, Bruce retired in 2020, and with a lot of support from him and the board's support, I took on his role in mid-2020. That's awesome. Tell me a little bit more about your team. I know we've got a couple other great attorneys and also a wonderful person who helps kind of run the office there. Can you just tell us briefly about some of the the people that you've brought on as attorneys for the IBA? 
Yes, we have Carly Berard and Michael Shassane, our two other attorneys in our law department. And so they help with all the law department functions, providing internal legal support to the association and its subsidiaries. And they are heavily and often sometimes exclusively involved in providing our go-to compliance services. So they're answering compliance inquiries from our members and maintaining the enormous resources available on our compliance website. And that website and the law department overall also receive excellent support from our administrative assistant, Nick Sladek. That's awesome. And I would just echo, we've got such a great team. We have three offices, as people know. We've got our Chicago office where Carolyn and the legal team and a few others are based out of. We've got our Capitol office, which is right across the street from the Illinois State Capitol. And then we have our office uh, just kind of west of Springfield where we have our education resources and many of our staff there. Again, really grateful and proud of the staff that Carolyn has put together to serve the great bankers of Illinois by having this fantastic legal team. And it's, I've gotten to know a lot of other state banking associations and we are unique with the incredible caliber of attorneys that we have serving us in the banking industry in Illinois. So thanks, Carolyn. Hey, before we get into what we're mainly talking about, just little known fact about Carolyn, tell me a little bit about, I know you're a musician, so tell me a little bit more about that. Right, so I went to undergraduate at the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill and I was a music and English major there. I played clarinet and did clarinet performance and just still love playing clarinet uh, wherever people will let me do it, uh, much mostly as church. And just recently got a piano in our home, so excited for that and playing a little piano too. So music is important to me and I love listening to excellent music and checking out orchestras and other performances. So. I love that. Part of my life, but happy to be a lawyer. Also, That's I great. didn't quite make the cut to be a lawyer. <laughs> it's tough. Uh, yeah, to me, it's. I think it's tougher than like professional sports. Professional being an artist, musician, it's a challenging life. But it is. I think it is wonderful that you keep it up. And I think for all of us, we need things like that, that inspire us and that we can kind of retreat to with the frustration of sometimes the work that we have to do. So I love that. Absolutely. Um, reach out to Carolyn if you have any legal questions or if you want to share clarinet stories, reach out to Carolyn as well. So anyhow, that's great. Love hearing a little bit more about you and your background. And again, so grateful to have you leading our legal team. Tell me a little bit more. I know we've just come off of a ton of work by you and the team putting together a comment letter on CRA to CFPB. wonder if you could just talk through that a little bit more, let our bankers know what that was all about, what we were trying to do, and maybe just a little bit about some of the stories you heard reaching out to our members of their concerns and suggestions that they have with the implementation of some of these new rules. Yes, and just if we submitted this comment letter just a few weeks ago, so I feel totally immersed in the process still, and it was fantastic. We received a ton of support from our members on this proposed interagency Community Reinvestment Act rule, which is the first major revision of Community Reinvestment Act rules, really since 1995. There were, there were some revisions in 2005 too, but it's pretty revolutionary in some aspects. And in our view, it's been a five-year process. The IBA now has submitted a total of four comment letters throughout this latest round of CRA rulemaking, which started with the OCC's 2018 advance notice of proposed rulemaking, then letters in 2020, 2021, and now 2022. And for all of those letters, we received really detailed feedback stories and specific data from our members, especially folks on our Compliance Division Advisory Committee and Government Relations Committee. 
So I can't thank our members enough for providing really clear, detailed thoughts so that we could represent the Illinois banking industry's views in our letter, which I think has some realistic asks, but it's also forceful because we know we have the backing of all this data and anecdotes from our and stories from our members. Yeah, I'll jump, um, our, I'll jump oh, in on that just real quick. I mean, as I talk about being a recovering lawyer, I'm also a recovering politician, but it is, it's so important uh, for those stories to be told that whether it's elected officials or regulators or folks in the administration, they really need to hear how this is going to impact everyday life, customers, ability to serve. So again, it's it's so important. And again, I think it's something, a real unique value that we provide at the Illinois Bankers Association and your work of understanding these as best as you can. Although you and I have talked, I think some of this stuff is almost unintelligible, but you of anyone have been able to work through that as best as we possibly can. And then putting together those stories and putting together a very compelling, very strong comment letters. But those stories that you've included, I think will resonate as much as they possibly can. So thanks for doing that. No, I agree. It's the, it's the only way to get through to the regulators sometimes is yep. making sure they know we are talking about real member stories and it's so important. Yes. Sorry to interrupt. Keep going. Oh, yeah. So I wanted to talk through our comment letter a, a little bit. Great. Just if you don't want to go out there and read it, I do encourage you to check it out. But I think it's nice to hear it said, too, some of the main points we're making in the letter. So we make several asks. So one is to bring clarity and consistency to CRA ratings. This is a way of showing support for a few aspects of the rule, the proposal that we like. We like that there will probably be a publicly available list of activities that will certainly qualify for CRA credit. So this list will be non-exhaustive. It won't include everything, but that's something our members have been asking for since 2018. And we want to just ensure that the pre-approval process for adding new activities to this list of approved activities we just want to make sure that process is straightforward and relatively speedy. But overall, that's one good thing and a way to start our letter on a positive note. <laughs> and then as far as other asks, some of the most significant ones are asking for a reasonable implementation period for the new requirements. Mm-hmm. And that's where we got a lot of information from our members about just how difficult and costly it is to implement a new rule like this, especially with the new data reporting requirements for a lot of banks. So the proposal was just to implement this in just one year, and we're asking to expand that out to maybe two and a half or three and a half years, because that's what the OCC's loan final rule a few years ago had as an implementation period. And we also go into, as Randy mentioned, this proposed rule, it's very difficult to understand. One of our members said it's obnoxiously complex, and that means that we need more time to implement it too, because our members will need time just to understand it. Right. And we also ask that the thresholds in the rule be updated, especially the asset size thresholds for categorizing banks as small or intermediate or large with an array of CRA responsibilities, a ramp up, especially if you're considered a large bank. So the proposal categorizes banks with just over $2 billion in assets as large, but we view that to be a community bank if you're two and a half billion or something. So we suggest increasing those thresholds and we just threw out there one model we thought was 15 billion assets should be considered a large bank because that's what the national credit union administration considers to be a large credit union they made that change recently and we thought that was a nice thing to hang our hat on and say okay maybe 15 billion is where we should be saying banks are large not two billion yes 
And then we also ask that those new data collection and reporting requirements in the rule, that's a huge part of the rule. And I think what community groups were really pushing for is they want more data, um, even existing data to be reported in a new way to regulators. So we really wanted to capture a lot of our members' stories in this part of the comment letter about the difficulties of upgrading systems and capturing new data or using data in novel ways. We expressed our members' difficulties with finding vendors who can mm. help with this yeah. and even some preliminary specifics from our members on some of the astronomical costs of getting that vendor assistance for banks that don't seem to be too big. It could be six figures per year. Mm. And many of our members said they're going to have to hire new employees, but the new employees are just providing back office reporting functions. They're yeah. not Again, really just, supporting this. It oh, frustrates. Sorry. No, it's good. I mean, it just it frustrates me. And having spent so much time out there and you know i just don't know that a lot of these ideas these rules these proposed rules and those who are proposing them if they understand that it means you know pulling people away from customer service of serving communities and basically doing paperwork or having to cut employees in order to afford hiring people to be able to to do all of this filling out more forms checking more boxes. And again, there needs to be some of that, but it just feels like it, it can go beyond and it has a real cost to it. As you said, could be six figure cost, which absolutely, you know, multiple employees that could have been out there serving customers, helping them pursue their dreams instead now are filling out paperwork. So yeah, I get it. And I feel our members pain with that if this goes forward as it's proposed. So anyhow, keep going. Sure. Yeah, it's really a drag on banks and their communities yes. when they have to spend so much money and resources on it. So we had great feedback from our members on that. We also ask for a touch on this new concept of a retail lending assessment area in the rule. This is very controversial. It's an idea that banks will have CRA responsibilities in geographic areas where they are making retail loans. Mm. And if you think through their Community Reinvestment Act, it was designed as a way to ensure that banks are investing in communities where they're taking deposits. So you, you can't take deposits out of a community without lending back into that community. That's traditional CRA. This new concept is the idea that you will have to serve and provide or have CRA responsibilities in areas simply because you're lending in those areas. Mm -hmm. So kind of turning CRA, traditional CRA on its head. So that is just drawing a lot of concern. It's controversial. One yeah, I would think it would be. I think it'd be hard to comply with that. I also think it kind of waters down potentially the impact of the idea of CRA of you know really impacting the communities where banks are located. So we'll see. Hopefully, they'll listen to that. Right. And we had a powerful anecdote from a member on that where they found that they might have to add 17 new assessment areas wow. because they're doing indirect business loans that are originated by dealerships that provide loans to trucking businesses. Hmm. There are a number of kind of unique things about this business. The dealerships can't be located inside of urban centers because the product they're selling is trucks and they're too big. They have to be have dealerships near major highways. So there's a lot of weird stuff that ends up with having all these new assessment areas in what we call CRA hotspots where there's already a lot of activity anyway. And just doesn't seem, seems to be an unintended consequence. Mm -hmm. And that story I think was powerful because it's kind of dramatic, but I think this is going to be an issue for all of our members. And again, I think oh, that's, I saw that so often, those unintended consequences where, you know, something sounds good of like, hey, yeah, we'll just expand it, uh, you know, where all the commercial loans are made. But, you know, to play that out of, you know, 17 
new communities, and again, not urban communities, but very rural communities. Not that they don't need help as well, but yeah, I just think that's where it's the power of a letter like this, but also the power of input from our members, just to be able to play out the practicalities or impracticalities of some of these rules, I think are so important. And another part of our letter I wanted to highlight, something that I think is unique to our letter, we make the point that CRA requirements cause very costly application processing delays. Hmm. This is the very common situation where a bank files an application with their regulator for a merger, consolidation, other supervisory action that requires approval. And that provides community groups with an opportunity to file protests. But sometimes you get one protest letter that's just you know one page long from a community group that has no substance to it. And that can cause many months of delays, mm. resulting in millions of dollars of losses for a bank. It can result in, you know, having a local decision-making center to everything getting moved to D.C., which also adds to your costs. So uh, we've heard this story from our members over and over throughout the years. It's a story that they don't feel comfortable usually just telling in their own comment letters. It really has to come from a trade association, so it's kind of anonymous. And yeah, it's just it's amazing to see how much these costs can snowball and the way that community groups can sometimes be taking advantage of this process. So that's a really important point for us to make in our letter because we know our members don't want to say it necessarily under their own names. Right. Yeah, that's great. So that those are the highlights of the letter. It, again, just encourage anyone to take a look. But What's the best think, way for people to be able to see it? So on our website, illinois.bank, we have the comment letter linked to there as a recent news item. And then I encourage all, and we'll talk about this more, but to check out our compliance website at go2iba.com as well. And just encourage anyone to take a look. Let us know if you have any other issues. We're always happy to hear more about uh, the CRA rule. Just quickly to wrap that up. So tell me a little bit more than all the timing. So the deadline was a couple weeks ago. So our letter was submitted in a timely, timely manner. What happens next? When do we expect to hear more on this? So it could be many months before we have a final rule. So we know that the agencies received hundreds of common letters from community groups and the industry on the proposal. They'll have to sift through all that. It should be a lengthy process, but at the same time, the agencies are also facing a possible presidential administration change. So they can't be too slow about finalizing the rule. But at this point, we don't have a deadline for issuing the final rule from the agencies. So it's really a wait and see. Item, and that's another reason that it's great to be on gotoiba.com and make sure you're getting all the IBA newsletters because we will report this and it will be shouting it from the rooftops once it comes out as a final rule. Yeah, great, great advice there. Well, again, so grateful for all the time that you put in specifically and also your team, but also I know with how much time this took for you, your team uh, stepped up and picked up some of the other things that you are normally having to do every single day. So uh, this is a big deal and it is, I know, you know, there's an opportunity for banks to be able to do this. And I think, you know, some did do their own comment letters. But there's also a unique power when we can kind of pool the voice of banks in Illinois. My hope is, certainly ought to be, that that resonates with CFPB, that they hear that this is literally hundreds of banks voicing an opinion through this letter. So really, thank you, Carolyn, and would encourage everybody listening to go to our website, illinois.bank, and be able to take a look at this comment letter, read it, 
and let us know. Let Carolyn know if you have any questions or if it sparks any other thoughts. So super important. Thank you for doing that. Let's yeah transition. This time always goes by so quickly, but we've got a few more minutes. I really do want to talk a little bit more about other work that you're doing. You mentioned go to IBA.com. I know we've got literally hundreds of bankers who are signed up for that, but we also have many hundreds more who are not, who ought to be, that this is a wonderful free service to the members of the Illinois Bankers Association to be able to get this updated, wonderful um, treasure of legal research that's there. So can you talk a little bit more about that and any other things that you all are working on, events that are coming up that people ought to be aware of? Yes, so GoTiBA is a very important resource and it's free and it's members only. So we just encourage anyone who's listening to get yourself on GoToIBA with an account or anyone of your staff who would be interested in compliance or audit or risk, any of that. How can they do that? How can they get an account? So the best way is just to go to the website. So it's gotoiba.com and there's a link there to register your account and feel free to just email us directly. We have a law department email address that's Legal staff at illinois.bank. We also have a hotline that we use to accept compliance inquiries. So I encourage everyone to use that. It's 800 go to IBA, G O T O IBA. Uh, you can also submit compliance questions through our website, email. So we take them from all sources and we provide written guidance on compliance inquiries to our members. And that written guidance is in an anonymous way put on gotoiba.com. So that website just alone is an archive of all these written compliance questions and answers. How many do you think yeah. are on there? I think we're over 4,000, maybe awesome. approaching 5,000. That's fantastic. It goes back over 10 years. It's yep. fantastic. Good. And all of those Q&As are organized by subject matter. And then we also throw in any form of guidance or statutes or regulations that could apply in a certain area, such as advertising and marketing or certificates of deposits, you know, specific products operations. So I think that website is hugely important and yes. it's just such a great member benefit. We it want to is. see yeah, I agree. If you haven't, not quite sure about go to iba.com, go there right now, start the process to sign up. It is such a fabulous tool. And you know, if it doesn't apply directly for you, I guarantee somebody at your bank is going to benefit from this. So connect them to this as well. Both join up. So we'd love to have every single one of our members using it because it is so good. Tell me some more. What else is going on? Any events coming up that uh, people ought to be aware of? Yes, we have two great events coming up. Uh, most upcoming is our fall compliance forum. So that'll be on Tuesday, October 18th in Southern Illinois in O'Fallon. And that's a new event for Southern Illinois. And it's a, going to be a fantastic opportunity with the option to participate in person or virtually. So if you're not in Southern Illinois, I hope you can join us virtually. But this is an opportunity to bring together bankers for in-person networking, as well as discussion of compliance hot topics facilitated by Brian Crow of TCA Compliance. And we want bankers to come and exchange ideas and solutions. And we've long had uh, requests for in-person networking opportunities because those dried up so much in the last two years. And we'll, we'll talk about specific areas. We'll cover lending, deposits, CRA, of course, Bank Secrecy Act, and more. Uh, that's gonna be a fantastic event, so I encourage anyone who wants to participate in Southern Illinois, please come out. And if you want to participate virtually, we'd love to have you that way too. Great. And then we also have our bank council conference coming up. And I say coming up, it's on December 2nd. 
but we're starting to get in the mode of really preparing for that. And we prepare the conference as well as providing a very comprehensive 50 plus page legal and regulatory update from Illinois federal banking laws for that. So that is a huge part of the conference, but it's also a day long conference for anyone involved in legal audit or compliance with excellent speakers on commercial and consumer law developments, other hot topics, and a high-level regulatory panel, and that'll take place in Chicago. So we're really looking forward to that. Great. Yeah, definitely, everybody, keep an eye out for both of those, October 18th and December 2nd. Is that right? And so mark your calendar, save the dates right now. We know things get busy, so uh, block those dates out to be a part of it. And I've seen it. I've heard it from so many people that the book, the presentation, the all the materials, so it's not necessarily a book, but materials that electronically are given to people who sign up for the conference. I've heard it's worth the price of admission, way beyond the worth the price of admission, that it is super valuable. So plan on coming, plan on benefiting from that and bringing others from your bank to be a part of that. Well, any last things, Carolyn, anything we should be aware of, anything that our members ought to be watching out for? Anything else that come to mind? Two things coming down the pike are we have our state level community reinvestment act so we're luckily enough to be one of the few states that has a state level version of the law and we know that the idfpr has proposed rules out on that that should be coming out very soon we will be ready to comment on that as well and we'll encourage our members to take a look and then we also know that there will be new small business lending data requirements or reporting requirements and the CFPB is required to finalize that Section 1071 rulemaking by March of 2023. So that's coming up quickly. It's something we heard a lot about from banks when we were talking about implementing the federal CRA rule. A lot of folks mentioned, well, we've got this other huge rulemaking we have to implement as well. So that's something to watch out for. And that does have a pretty certain deadline that it'll it'll be finalized. Uh, The final rule will come out in March of 2023. Well, Carolyn, thanks. Again, these, this time goes by so quickly. My guest on Bank Leader Link has been Carolyn Satani, General Counsel and Executive Vice President of the Illinois Bankers Association. Carolyn, thank you so much. Thanks for all your work on the recent comment letter and just uh, daily things that you do for me, for our team, for our members to keep us on track, to keep us legal, to keep us within the guardrails. So grateful for all that you do and the great team that you've put together. I would encourage all of you, again, Go to go to iba.com, sign up if you haven't used that resource. Reach out to Carolyn and her team at the 800 number if you've got uh, questions that come up. And plan now to come to these great events coming up in October and December. So, Carolyn, thanks so much. I know uh, to take us out of the podcast, Carolyn's going to play a quick clarinet solo. Oh, no, maybe not. We'll do that next one if that's okay. We'll save that one for the next podcast. I do need to hear you play sometime. I have not had the chance to do that. So you got got to let me know when you're doing something because I would love to hear that. And I talk about the talented people that we have at the IBA, but sometimes it's uh, talent that we all don't get to uh, appreciate or enjoy as much as we like to. But Carolyn, great to be with you. Thanks for the great work that you do. Thanks, Randy. This was really fun. Have a great day, everybody. Thanks for listening. And as always, let us know how we can help. We're here to serve you. We work for you. You're our boss. So anything we can do for you, let us know. Have a great day. Thanks for listening.